Hello and welcome to One Throw at a Time, a player's perspective on the game that builds and breaks our hearts. I'm Johnny Malks. I'm here with my co-host, Rowan McDonald. Rowan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Busy day out in the field. This is uh, one of our latest podcasts, starting at 9.30 almost. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been coaching middle school and then uh, college. So been out out in the field today. How about you, Johnny? I've been at work. I've been in the office. Hopefully not till 9 p.m. Away. Not till 9 p.m. Um, took the Metro home, ate dinner with my parents, so that was nice. Um, but, but yeah, it was a long day at work. Sounds like you were doing some more fun work. Um, what sorts of things were you up to uh, specifically with the, the American university team tonight? Yeah, we have had our annual Wilson scrimmage. Uh, our Jackson Reed, basically, their girls program always invites our team out to uh, a cool under-the-light scrimmage, which we love because normally our practices are on field hockey turf, which is like concrete and sandpaper essentially so to get a a nice real game on on turf versus a really fun spirited and talented program like uh, jackson reed is is sweet great love to hear it did you know the breeze used to play on that kind of astro turf back in the day i cannot believe it i mean i've heard about it and yeah it's just so sad i mean i mean it's we had just another really bad injury on it um at the hat at the hat tournament they hosted this past weekend and it's just heartbreaking that a university makes club sports or anybody play on such like a terrible terrible field and my least favorite part of coaching american is watching you know players play on that a little bit of a somber note to enter our first topic of the night but that first topic is i guess we were talking about a little bit of it there but what we've been doing in a week without ultimate, or I guess without ultimate uh, training ourselves, it sounds like you've been doing. You a haven't lot of jumped back in, Johnny. People. Are you still haven't, off? Haven't dove back in quite yet. What about you? you? You've been just staying on the grind. Well, it's it's yeah, just the way my kind of job works is. I remember I had to take the overnight Sunday flight to get back to DC. So basically, boom lost the national championship and then have our team check out huddle and all of a sudden it's I'm at the airport and I'm like oh like going back to the real world that next day I'm out on the sideline at another you know a middle school ultimate event throwing the pizza pie with a bunch of kids and I'm like trying to put on a brave face like I really do need some time away from this but at the same time it's my job and I'm out there and then I kind of thought, you know what, it's kind of like a privilege and, you know, hey, I don't have to mope. Like, I'm outside. These kids are having a really fun time and I'm organizing these kind of events. So no time, no rest away from a Frisbee. The next day I was back coaching, being around it, talking about it, planning it and organizing it. And yeah, the way I kind of saw it is, hey, like, I can process the big loss um, while I'm still kind of involved in the sport. But it sounded like you went with more of a clean break. Is is that true? Like, have you completely been away from it these last week, uh, aside from our podcast, of course? Well, it's funny you mentioned the organizing aspect of it because, no, I haven't been completely away from it. I have been coaching the Disc City team out of D.C., which is a, a high school all-star team that 
tries to bring together uh, players from all different DC schools. And that's been fun. And actually, it sounds like through the grapevine, I heard that you were reached out to about potentially having a Maryland team at the like little round robin we're doing with the different um, all-star teams from D.C., Arlington, and Fairfax. But I know that y'all have your Montgomery County playoffs this weekend, so it won't quite work out. But that's an interesting way that I heard about you this week without chatting with you, which is always fun. Yep. Always fun to get the tea about Rowan's job from other people. And congratulations on, a, on another successful Montgomery County season, I'm sure. So I've been coaching that. Um, we had practice Sunday morning, which was nice to get out um, and, you know, just have fun with with some folks who are just excited about the game and not jaded like us old heads. Um, and are, are those kids one thing that I kind of noticed? Because I went to the league that John alluded to. I organized a league for elementary, middle, and high school. Um, and at the high school event for the first time maybe ever, I was like the kids I felt really followed truck stop. Like they've definitely been following the breeze a lot more and like they know all the local players, but you know, I was at the field and everybody was like kind of talking about the tournament and it was for the first time in my experience that the next generation is like really starting to follow ultimate. So I'm just curious, did your players on DC like, is national something they knew about, they cared about, they talked about, or is it still like Club Ultimates, this hidden gem where only the players get to experience it? Yeah, I think the majority uh, had actually watched uh, at least one of our games, which is really exciting to hear. Um, I know one of my players was homesick, um, so was just watching all the games. And then the other ones, uh, or the majority of them, were at a tournament um, with their high school team. Um, and one of my players from Rogue actually sent me a video of them all watching uh, the semi game on um, Saturday night. So uh-huh. that was really exciting to see. And um, shout out, Lizzie. Thanks for sending that to me. So, yeah, I mean, that was really heartening to see. And um, I just hope that, you know, we set at least kind of a good example because all these players are so much more talented than I was at that age. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being a fan of theirs, um, getting to see sort of their career start to blossom. Um, but yeah, besides the coaching stuff, um, it's been busy at work coming back from about a week out of office and I've been spending a lot of time with my family, my, uh, I have one grandma who's lived in this area for a long time, but my other set of grandparents just moved up here from South Carolina. So we've been helping them move in and seeing a lot of, a lot of family and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, it's felt like kind of a blur because I think I was sort of putting off everything in my mind to like, okay, after nationals, after nationals and snap, here we are after nationals. And there's a lot of a lot of sort of real life stuff to do kind of like what you were saying. So, um, just been taking care of that mostly. And it, it, I'm afraid it hasn't been terribly exciting. Yeah. And then, you know, the last kind of part that I think we went over a little bit was do you motivation from the tournament or the year? Like, are you in the gym yet? Have you thrown, have you like, or do you need some time? Cause I know, at least historically, people do take off a lot of time, but then you get some of these people like, you know what, 
I'm in the gym the next day after the season ends. And this goes for everybody, not just like nationals levels player. You know, if your season ends at sectionals or regionals, there's people that jump right back in it or need a little bit time off. So I think I'd be curious to hear, have you been in the gym or are you taking some mental space away from the training aspect of being, you know, an elite player? Yeah, great question. Um, I definitely in the past have been kind of one of those like reset right away and start doing things um, immediately after a loss because it sort of helps me cope. Um, This time around, I was feeling honestly pretty burnt out like before nationals. Nationals, it's kind of cruel that like only one team can win it because I feel like it always brings me a lot of energy and excitement and joy for ultimate. So before nationals, I was feeling pretty burnt out nationals was obviously an incredible experience um and then getting back home i started to kind of feel those feelings of burnout again and so last season i remember after nationals i was back to like training as hard as possible like a week after and i think that that ultimately kind of was too fast um especially with like the full breeze and truck season um on the agenda uh for the for the coming year so i think that probably my plan is to give it at least another week or two and see how i'm feeling just because it is a rare time to to do other things and not feel like um not feel like you'll lose something by not doing something yeah, that day like you it's have a tournament in a couple of weeks yeah you're like, you yeah get nervous so it, that one day yeah so it's a nice mindset to be in and just i think rest is such an important part of performing at one's peak, whether that is in the short term or the long term. So right now I'm looking at um, a little bit of rest as a healthy thing. What about for you? Yeah, I think that, I think I was talking to AJ Merriman, um, who everybody knows about. We both like do a lot of ultimate and we kind of make it like our lifestyle. And how we kind of talk about it is like the ebbs and flows it's just sometimes you're like, I want to do three a days every day. And then sometimes you're just like, you know, I need a break. And I don't think for me, I think for me that they just come naturally. So when I'm feeling like I want to train or want to do a lot of work and put in a lot of work in, I just do it knowing that there's going to be some times where I take a couple of days off or I, you know, don't throw for a week. So I'm kind of in honestly, just that normal state and it's not like nationals changes that for me you know I came back and you know yeah I took a couple days off but then I was like well I'm doing a lot of computer work now and I need to go to the gym because that's where I feel healthy so you know for me it's not like oh season's over I need a break it's more of like how I'm feeling is what I'm what I'm going to put out and and what I'm currently feeling yeah I've been to the gym a few times already and you know I've I've thrown a bit but um you know physically the gym's not just like i'm not going there to do crazy hard workouts i'm just really trying to open up my hips and get some mobility which are things i can't do during the season because i don't want to change my body too much so yeah i'm like kind of right there of i can experiment right now like you said you're not going to lose anything so right now i'm just trying to kind of you know, play around to see if I can open up my mobility and attack some weaknesses in my body that have led to some of these injuries over the last couple of years. But no, I don't need like, oh, I need two weeks off. I'm ready to go. 
Two different perspectives. That's what you get on one throw at a time. Two different um, perspectives, but very similar uh, uh, mindset when it comes to offensive philosophy. There you go. Similar mindset, offensive philosophy. Very similar looking, according to many people. Great. Well, Rowan, it's on to shenanigans. And this week, we've got a special, special game for the listeners. Uh, it's one that you came up with. Which could backfire badly. All your shenanigans have been spot on, but I thought you had this idea. I like tried to do this, I think, our first episode, and it went really badly. Oh. So I'm glad that you brought it back up, because I think they say the first time goes really badly, and the second time goes really well and there's nothing in between that's the old saying that's the old so saying. let's 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 hop into it the idea do you want to describe it yeah i'll take my best uh, crack at it okay so you know for this uh version of shenanigans we are wondering where our sponsors are so you know instead of waiting around all day for these sponsors to contact us we decided to take it upon ourselves to figure out brands or companies that would be interested in sponsoring one throw at a time, our podcast. So me and my co-host, Johnny, each have three advertisements from advertisers that we think would get a positive return on their investment if they decide to come on board as our sponsor. Now, some of these sponsors that we're trying to manifest the amount that they are real might vary, but that's part of the game. It's just about going with the flow and really enjoying the imaginative journey that maybe just me is taking you on, but maybe Ron too. You never know. <laughs> Probably Johnny. Um, um, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but do we want to share anything after about why they would be a good sponsor or do you just want to go with the advertisement mine might kind of evade explanation but i'm happy to try so you go ahead and then i'll hop in right after okay well then let's get right ahead to our first um our first shenanigan this advertisement comes from breathe right a nasal strip for the athletes Breathe Right nasal strips come in three shapes and sizes. You have the medium, the extra strength, and the clear. You can go tan, try to blend in, or clear, hopefully invisible. But either way, the Breathe Right nasal strip will make you a better ultimate player. We actually have a testimonial from our ambassador, Rowan McDonald. Hi, I'm Rowan McDonald, an ultimate Frisbee player. Last year in 2021 Nationals, I was a 26th player on the roster. This year I decided to wear my Breathe Right nasal strip, Extra Strength Clear, and I became a really good player, almost one of the best players on my team. <laughs> so I highly recommend the Breathe Right nasal strip. That was the only change I made in the offseason, and it really changed my game, and I hope it changes yours. Incredible. Just all of it was wonderful. I mean, I feel like... There's not much of an explanation needed, but do you want to flesh out why you chose that one? You know, not much of an explanation needed. Just shout out to, I think there was a couple players that I saw with the nasal strip that I gave a nod, like, yeah, like, it's us. And, um, you know, yeah, sometimes when the ulti photos is out and the the game streams, it hurts a little bit because you know it's just a killer, (laughs) just not looking good, but... 
I fought through it and took that L, but it really did help me breathe, honestly. And I highly recommend them. And the more people that wear them, normalize them, so I don't look as weird. Ever heard of that company, Supreme? Well, we told Supreme to take its wares and throw them down the toilet. It's time to get to know Death Putt Disc Golf Drip. Yes. The first hype beast clothing company made exclusively for disc golfers. Why pay hundreds of dollars for a t-shirt if it's not disc golf related? We don't know either. Order with code OneThrow to get 1% off at purchase. Amazing. I had That's so smart. Disc golf on this podcast. Disc yes. golf drip. Because people in disc golf are always looking to blow money. So you sell them a t-shirt that says death putt on it for like thousands of dollars yes, and they buy it yeah you only you make don't a advertise couple. to ultimate players no 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 advertise to disc golfers you only make a couple of shirts you give brody smith one it's over the market would never be the same again in this example did you know that there is an actual death putt disc supply company i didn't i didn't I'm, think you and did. i apologize <laughs> no. i i want to take it all back no it's amazing and it makes even more sense because there's somebody that took your idea and they're probably making they stole it they stole your idea all right on to your next one Rowan. okay this comes from our good friends Lacroix. ditch the nalgene and grab a 12 pack Lacroix is the number one beverage for ultimate players the only thing better than water is water with bubbles and with all of our new flavors it's sure to taste a bit sweeter now Lacroix is not just a post activity beverage anymore during the game pre-game and at the airbnb after the game we encourage all ultimate players to drink Lacroix, and we are also giving a one percent discount to match death supply death t-shirts this golf drip because we don't want to be outdone you can't be outdone no i love that one i mean i think a lot of people who don't like LaCroix and carbonated water are like, oh, it's just spicy water. It's like, no, it's so good. Love the flavors. Love the bubbles. It makes drinking water more fun. I, I bet if we did a poll for all of our listeners, also shout out all the listeners. We appreciate you. I bet 95% prefer sparkling water to regular water. You think 95? 95. I, this is the ultimate community we're talking I'm about. I'm saying we're, we're catering to a, a special group. All right. Welcome to Disc Pals, a children's show about elementary school detectives who also happen to be up-and-coming ultimate stars at Carolina Friends School. Inspired by true events, follow the main characters, Abe and Henry, as they attempt to unmask the jam thief who's been stealing all their sandwich toppings. This week on Disc Pals, watch out for a special Rowan McDonald cameo as yes. chief of... <laughs> this is a great chief one. Of this- Oh no. Civilian police. <laughs> Chief oh, of the civilian gosh. police. That's me. I mean, that one pretty much explains itself, right? That is, first off, uh, the perfect podcast advertisement. It's kind of another story. But yeah. The, the Chief of the Civilian Police. Yeah, because I didn't a, want it to be like uh, the real police. Yeah. Because I don't really like them. But I, I think that. In this world, in this beautiful 
tapestry that the creators of Disc Pals have woven, there's a civilian police that is righteous. It's just like probably just parents, and they're just like, "Hey, stop stealing that!" Because all the criminals are also kids. Hey, stop stealing that. So really, I think that's what I'm landing on. The parents, the 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 detectives, the child detectives call the parents the civilian police, but they're just parents. I like it. Okay, I like the story. Great. Very creative. Good. Okay. Was well, also there's a little overlap for mine. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. My third advertisement to all of our listeners. This is. Jameson, the dean at the University of North Carolina. We want to invite all interested high schoolers to our beautiful campus that has temperate climates year-round. We're also a renowned engineering school with a very reasonable tuition. Lastly, visit Smith Center for UNC B-Ball. And did I mention we have a great club sports program? See you. Get your application in. And we're looking forward to continued dominance in the Ultimate Frisbee College Championships. That was spot on. That was a really good impression. Are never... you sad that all of our listeners are probably applying to UNC as we speak? Honestly, Ron, I'm bearing the hatchet. It is a great school. It's a beautiful campus. And the players who come out of there, like, for real, are nice, are nice people. They're great competitors and... Much love to the North Carolina boys. I'm saying it now. And I mean, it's true. Like, they, they had a similar program as us where they have like a lot of local talent yeah. that comes out from the middle school and the high school. And I feel it, it's kind of like DC and North Carolina as those type of cities. You can't fault them. They're good ultimate players, they're good guys. And I mean, if, and they do win. if UNC wants to actually sponsor our show, I'd be super down with that. All right, Rowan, the last advertisement are you ready i am everybody knows about peanut butter pretzels boring what? That's my enter jello filled pretzels your one-stop snack for sweet savory gelatinous burst in your mouth goodness one of roan and johnny's favorite snacks with a twist don't forget to pick up our newest flavor green apple <laughs> or maybe an old standard in stardew strawberry only sold at five below, eat at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that I was such a big peanut butter pretzel fan? I did know that. I That's love why Joe. I went with these. I would love those. <laughs> you would... <laughs> Can we make that company? <laughs> we might actually make some money in Ultimate with those. <laughs> All right. Well, enough said for that shenanigans. Thanks for sticking with us. Now we're on to listener questions. Rowan, the first listener question we got this week was from Jason, a repeated question asker. So thank you, Jason. Jason asked, now that our season has come to an end, well, thanks for reminding us, Jason, how have you guys been reflecting on the season? What was each of your favorite moments, either on or off the field, from this past season? Yeah, Jason, thanks for the questions. Appreciate you. And yeah, I think... Maybe each share one on and off the field. I'll start. Um, I think off the field, I remember vividly just like several really fun car rides. And a lot of times, I know when we went to the pro championships, it was like a five-hour commute. And then I drove back with Fallen Musa, and we were just talking about the mental side of Ultimate. And 
we all got to share some experiences and also learn from each other. Um, I remember going to regionals with Troy. It was like super late night and that ride's crazy. It's like pitch black and everybody was eating Chick-fil-A and it was like, come on, Chick-fil-A before regionals? Chick-fil-A before regionals. But I mean, uh, yeah. And then I remember the Nationals car, it's like me, you, Tyler and Bartlett all kind of got into kind of a, a routine where we're in the same car and just going to and from the fields. Um, Kate Bush, listening of to course, some Kate Bush. Kate Bush. That was hype. I love those new songs you introduced to us. It's and like, not just running up that it's hill. It's not. No, she's got a bunch of hits. I was the bandwagon jumper that only knew that one, but Johnny uh, set the record straight and, and shared a bunch of her good stuff. So I think the winner for me off the field was car rides and those uh, – times with with teammates uh, do you have an off the field yeah i got an off the field one i think my favorite off the field kind of memory or mosaic of memories i should say that kind of spanned the season from breeze into truck was looking out on the field when i was on the sideline or when i was grabbing water or taking rest and seeing all of these people that i grew up with in one way or another well whether that's alex on and musa who I was in a neighborhood with, like, basically when I was learning just how to, like, run around and talk yes. when I was really little. Um, or the Norbombs, A-Roy, Jacques Bartlett, people who I played with sort of growing up in, in Arlington in the DMV area, played with and against, I should say. Um, and then all of these people I'd known since I was so little playing with all of these legends of the game we'd kind of grown up watching grown up talking about whether it's you jeff wodash david cranston even tyler monroe sort of on the back end um he's a he's a tiny bit younger but um it was just such a special synthesis um with such a loving group so it made made all of the the long nights long practices hard grind worth it yeah and and you know Tyler's kind of both. Tyler's, he's kind of like the old head, he's but he's kind of like the young guy. That's why he, I call him Timeless Tyler. Timeless Tyler. Jeez, that's a great one. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. And it's kind of crazy. Y'all are trying to take our spots in one way or another. And I'm glad we were able to kind of collab until you do run us out the sport. So I mean, more thanks for come. being so kind. Of course. Yeah, on the field, uh, I, you know, I guess... Well, A, Nationals is the most recent, so that's easy to pick. And also, it like, brings a lot of like emotion to each game. So I think at halftime of the New York game, um, I just remember like just taking like a quick walk on the field, down and back, and just like was just so like just grateful to be in that spot. I mean, that, like, the Grand Scary Collision and, like, then we get to halftime, just like, oh, I'm just so grateful that, like, we're, I'm healthy personally. You know, we're in a semifinal duel with New York. It was 8-7 at the time. And, yeah, just, like, that moment on the field. I'm sure it's, like, on video. It's just, like, kind of walking around. I was just, like, only just, I'm just, like, grateful to be out here in this opportunity. And, yeah, then a couple points later at kind of 9-9, one of my idols in the game, Chris Kotcher, we have, like, a friendly competition. We had a little disc golf duel when he came up to Maine. I've always wanted to, like, you know, beat him as a player, like, look up to him as a player. And he got two blocks on one point, and then I came in and got a block on one of his throws. So it's like, like, I see you, I look up to you, but, like, it's such a friendly rivalry that 
it was kind of cool to, to get that one. So those were kind of my vivid on the moment memories from the season. And yeah, they're a little bit more recent, but they're the ones sticking around. Yeah, those are very special ones. Um, in a similar point in time, the one that was that just felt really um, cathartic for me almost was like catching the disc to win that game against Pony. Just because like I f- I feel like there are very few moments as an ultimate player where you can like one to one say like I've been preparing for this and it came true and like that's kind of closing that chapter almost or like at least making a lot of the work worth it because i feel like most of the time the only way that we can make the work worth it is by enjoying the process enjoying the journey um but there was just catching that disc on like the trailing after it went over cole's head and like being there and being in the right place at the right time it just felt like everything i'd either been questioning or working really hard for over the last like 10 years ever since I've been playing kind of like came to a head in that moment. And I feel like moments of confluence like that are very rare. And it just felt like such a release, especially after such an emotionally charged game. Um, And with all my teammates around me, that was just one that I'll remember Um, forever. Yeah. And just to ask about that, because I'm certain that a bunch of our listeners have the same question and we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, that's a lot of hard work coming to fruition. But in that instance, when the disc goes up, there were players closer to where it was caught than you. First off, like, can you just, like, was it just hustle, heart? Like, why were you the one that decided to make the extra effort to, you know, there's a one in a hundred chance that you catch that. A, Cole gets it a lot of the time. B, the defender made a great play. They're going to get it. But it just so happened where Cole got boxed out awkwardly, but the player couldn't touch it. And that one in a hundred hustle play like came through. So like, where did that come from? Yeah. So I think it was a mixture of two things. Um, the first is that we all know each other so well at that point that like, I know when we're trying to finish a game and Cole's like anywhere near the deep <laughs> space that you're going to throw oh, it. I so I was just so running true. over there. Cause I was like, all right, it's going up. And then two, Oddly enough, I'd made that like exact same play once before in high school uh, at Smoke Cup Let's for go. Yorktown when Jenny was my coach, I think, um, way back in the day, um, just like coming from behind, or maybe a year after. Anyway, yeah. coming from behind the play um, and just kind of clap catching it. And so I almost had like a flashback muscle to that memory. moment or muscle yeah. memory. So that was kind of special too as like a culmination. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to do a play breakdown on that one on Hustle Plays. I love it. YouTube video. Keep your eyes peeled. All right, Jason, thanks for the question. Next question we've got from Drew Woods. Uh, do you believe in the gotta look good, feel good to play good philosophy? And if so, what is the maximum and minimum amount of time you should look in the mirror before playing a top level game slash club tournament? So first thing I got to shout out Drew Woods. Drew Woods is one of the probably top three influential players in my ultimate career. Wow. Outside of my brother and then, you know, top maybe three, maybe give it to Tyler or Nikki. But Drew Woods went to Eastern Connecticut State University. When I, when I learned about the sport my last year there, we would meet up for like 7.30 a.m. throwing sessions in the racquetball court because it was so cold out. 
he was always looking to put in the work. He helped me, like, you know, he was, yeah, he just helped me become a player. I had no idea what I was doing, and it was basically me, Drew, and Teddy as, like, the three people that cared about Ultimate in the whole school. We had, like, eight people on the team that we didn't really have a team. But, yeah, Drew, shout out, 100%. Wouldn't be here without you. And for the drip question, we've answered a little bit before, but I think that people try a little bit too hard to, to you know, look great, and it's all about how well you play because it's a team sport, and if you're selfishly worried about what you look like and not what you play like, you're letting down your whole team. So I'm going to keep wearing my baggy stuff to push back against the coolness and ultimate and I'll wear my nasal strip to push back against looking good, but I feel good about my play. I think that's as good an answer as you'll ever get on this question. I used to care a lot more about the the look good, play good element, and now I just am so worried about what I'm doing on the field that I could be wearing John Neely's 2013 truck stop shorts that go down to my ankles, and I, I hopefully would play the same. Edward Graham. Edward Van Diagram. Oh my gosh. It was uh, meant to be. Says, hey guys, love listening to the podcast. Just wondered if you are both going to play Truck Stop next year to build off the success this year. Rowan? Million dollar question. Um, John, you want to answer this one first? I've been, I've been hogging the mic. Of course. I'm all in. I'll be there. If I'm healthy. You can't take health for granted. And I'm so grateful to have been healthy this past season, crossing my fingers and will work my hardest to be healthy for it next season. And quick follow-up before I go, any interest on, I think we both talked about it, how like most amazing our captains were. If they come back, I'm sure it's theirs. But would you have any leadership aspirations just yet, or are you more focused on the playing? Uh, I want to be more focused on the playing, but if my teammates really wanted me to lead, I would consider it. Okay, curious. Um, yeah, for me, it's just way too early to tell. I've retired three times from the club already. Mm-hmm. I always come crawling back, but um, it's the way, like, just to be totally honest, I want to play, but I want Club Ultimate is all about putting time in for your teammates because your teammates are putting time in for you. So I would feel guilty if I didn't have that time to give. And I came back in more of a late season pickup kind of player. So that's where my soul is kind of right now. Of course, there are other factors. I want to play with my younger brother, Chad, one day before we're, you know, too much, you know, past our primes. Um, Yeah, I, I anticipate being in and around DC next year, but I have been vocal about moving to Maine or Boston and that's, you know, on the table. So right now there's too much to tell. Um, I think the way the season ended, it couldn't have ended any differently to make me want to play more, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the desire is still there, but it's just now comes down to, the time I have because I've went all in for ultimate for like the last eight or nine years. And it's going to be time to, uh, to put some energy into other things. Although Tyler's going to be really happy. I went disc golfing the other day. Steven's not going to, Steven Mortenby's not going to be happy, but I did not have a great time disc golfing. Unbelievable. Rowan, that was a really poignant answer. And I think heightens the intrigue 
about your story, but I do want to put you on blast because when we were planning this episode, you said, oh, I will, I know like I have these kind of like pointed answers. I know like I have a lot to say on this and um, might, might have been my last truck here, but I'm going to keep this brief and funny. And it wasn't brief and funny. Oh, it was deep. It was deep. So Okay, I'll keep it brief and funny. We'll recut, and I'm going to say, stay tuned to the next One Throw podcast, and then the next one, and one of these podcasts, I'm going to make the big decision. Anna Arnold. Hey, guys. Heard about the pod from Chad. Who's Chad? My younger brother. And listening to it is always the chilliest part of my week. Hopefully meant chillest, because chilliest might mean that... But a little more ultimate, chilliest. Oh, gotta stay chilly. Gotta stay chilly. I think it's an ultimate pun. I think that's funny. Since the Gmail didn't have any questions this past episode, thanks for the shout-out, I thought I'd finally send a question in and hope it hasn't been answered already. What are your go-to food slash snacks you bring for yourself and or to share for the team on those long tournament weekends? What is the best thing you found to keep your energy up throughout the day? Yeah, I'm a little bit of an oddball here. You know, I like to eat like a real meal two, three hours before I play. And then that way I'm not digesting a lot of food throughout the day um, because the digestion pulls oxygen and you, you don't get as much oxygen to breathe. And I'm all about my breathing as we've already learned this today. So I don't eat a lot during the day. If I do, my staples, peanut butter pretzels, soon to be peanut butter jello. No, no, Jello pretzels. Jello pretzels. Peanut butter Jello would be another <laughs> funny ad if you want to do oh it. Oh my god! No, no, no. Jello, fla- Jello flavored like peanut butter. Oh jeez. No. <laughs> anyway, way. continue. Yeah, peanut peanut butter pretzels. Maybe some apple slices. I like to eat like more natural foods than too much processed foods. And yeah, those are my staples. And I drink a lot of water. I try to, and that really helped this nationals of like drinking more water than I thought. But yeah, um, big meals and small snacks during the actual game and then real food after. Yep, good synopsis. Uh, usually at tournaments, if we're not having like a break for lunch, I'll just eat like a cliff Bar or maybe two during the day if it's a big day um, and then have big meals. Like Rowan said, breakfast and dinner. Also Pedialyte. Double burrito Johnny. I'm, I I will crush two burritos he easily. He does. He has two full burritos from Chipotle. I could go for three probably. That's amazing. Um, Rowan, you love your Pedialyte? Oh, I do. I'm a big Pedialyte fan. Oh, they could have been a sponsor. It could have been a great sponsor. Also figured out that you go to CVS so much to get Pedialyte and other staples that you know the layout, and it's similar throughout stores across the country because you knew yes. where the Pedialyte was in the store in Southern California. Yeah, I go to CVS between five to seven times a week. It's um, I usually don't like big corporations, but I have a soft spot for CVS. Could have been another sponsor. Um, and Rowan, one last question from Samuel Froneck. He'll be trying out for his college open program in the spring. After improving greatly during the last club season, he's worried about tryout jitters. He knows he has the proper fundamentals to make the team, but is unsure how to best show them off. Any tryout strategies, guarding the best versus worst player, handling or cutting? He'd love to hear our perspective. Any Samuel, tryout tips? Samuel, listen up. If you are thinking already about getting the tryout jitters. Here he goes. 
He's You've got already it. got the tryout jitters. Oh, wow. You gotta drop them. Ultimate, especially at the top level, you know, making these this open college team, it's all mental. And you gotta change that mindset. You gotta go in with confidence. You gotta go in like you're meant to be there. And that's gonna give you the leg up that you need. You've practiced a lot, you know ultimate, it's gonna come together, but you can't mentally shoot yourself in the foot before it starts. Johnny, any practical tips? Yes, Rowan. I do have a couple of practical tips. One, I would say guard the best players that you think you can stick with. Yeah, because that's great. Like some people say guard the best players, oh, no. but sometimes the best players are like the best players for a reason. And in a tryout setting, like probably one of the last things you want to do, I would put turning the disc over a lot, number one. Number two would be like getting flamed like in a open field setting where everyone can see you. Because in tryouts, it's kind of a sad, like jaded thing of me to say, but it's true, is that it's not necessarily what you do, it's what people People see you you do. So what I would recommend is practice your hucks, try to get a couple of nice clean hucks off um, in flow, like we talked about last episode, lay out as much as you can safely, because that's kind of like when I was trying out for hockey back in the day, I would be like, how do all of these players make the team? They didn't even hit the net. You know what they did, though? Put the body they the hit the post because it rings. And everyone's like, wow. oh, that was incredible. He shot it so high. He hit the crossbar or whatever. So it's not necessarily about getting the disc. It's about looking like you're about to get the disc a lot and doing it safely. Uh, that's on defense. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I, was, I thought Rowan was going here, but he was actually giving some like good... Uh, mental advice but this is good mental advice take it one throw at a time samuel and you should do okay that's it for us this week rowan any parting words for the bunch the one silver lining to the end of the season is that i personally am ramping up my social media and my youtube posting and getting you better at ultimate over on youtube and instagram so i'm excited for that um, got a sweet video tomorrow teaching how to catch trailing edge and yeah that's going to be released around noon probably around when this is coming out so it might be on youtube give it a look incredible love to hear it um of course rowan is rowan mcdonald on all platforms i am darth malks on instagram johnny malks on youtube we just got an instagram for the podcast one throw pod um, or at one throw pod, I should say on Instagram. We're one throw pod at gmail.com. If you want to send questions in, please keep doing that. And, and Johnny, big content week for you. You want to share uh, a little bit about your album release and where they can oh, listen? Oh, wow. That is, a, that is a flattering plug, Rowan. If you want to listen to some music that I just put out, uh, search the Michigan Apple clone on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your stuff. Like one makes two, I'll make you love me, my God. Will you hold another cross? So we've got a lot to plug, but. Most of all, if you appreciate the podcast, if you're enjoying it, do a rating on the podcast app. That's kind of lesser. If you really want to help, 
one friend at a time. One friend at a time. Tell one friend about us. Have them write in. Have them ask a non-ultimate question. Rowan's a great chef. I Johnny's like, a great baker. I like cats. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.